the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, Tabernacle of Praise. Praise the Lord for my sister being in the house today. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise a holy and an omnipotent God. To those of you that are watching online this morning, we are so grateful that you decided to stop by at 1721 Parker Road, Spanish Lake, Missouri, 63138, to just give God a shout and a holler. Those of you that are here with us today, we praise God for your presence this morning. We just want the Holy Spirit to come in and bring the anointing on from the back all the way to the front. We believe that God is a most high God. We believe that God is a maker and ruler of everything. So we invite you to praise the Lord with us as we sing Sabbath rest. We're going to ask everyone that's here to, with us to please stand at this time. and happy Sabbath, everybody. You may be seated in the presence of our awesome and amazing God. God is good. And all the time. And he is truly worthy to be praised. Are you glad to be in God's house? Amen. Amen. God is truly a good God. And we are so excited that we we're able to come into this space and give him praise, give him honor, and give him glory. We have entered into a new month. Time is moving. Time is moving. And, and so we're just so blessed to be able to be here today to celebrate life, to celebrate health, to celebrate each other. Amen. Because we understand that God is still on the throne. 
And in spite of what goes on in our day-to-day, we can always reflect on the goodness of God. We can always take a pause for the cause and, and look back and see just how great God has been. That deserves a hand clap of praise right there. Many, were, many didn't make it, but we are one of the ones that did. And so we are so blessed and honored to be here and celebrate yet a new month as we go into our worship experience. Just want to share with you just a couple of announcements. We want to start off with our birthdays. Amen. Yeah. I, wanted to, I know we had some birthdays last week. Amen. As we closed out the month of May. I mean, March. The first two first letters. The month of March. We closed out the month of March. And we had birthdays that we were still celebrating all the way into the end. So let's do it like this. If you celebrated a birthday last week, or this week, should I say, could you just raise your hand if you're here? Anybody? Anybody? Amen. I knew it was one. I did this especially for her. I did this especially for you, Anya, because we didn't celebrate you and sing to you last week because your birthday was, what was it, Sunday? Amen. And then we had another birthday this week, too, didn't we? Who, who, was it another birthday? Her sister was Saturday. Was Saturday. Amen. Okay, okay. Well, we want to do it like this. We want to sing happy birthday to all of our um, April. If you have a celebrated birthday this month in April, anybody? Anybody? Okay, the hands are going up. Chanel, Chanel. Amen. Andrew, Brother Bill. In the back, Sister Elaine, is your hand going up? September. Well, that's Maya and Jamaria right there. So we'll wait on that. I see the hand in the back. Deacon, did you? Amen. April. April, April. I have a sister that is celebrating her birthday this month as well, April 18th. So we want to just ask if you're celebrating a birthday in April and even last week, could you just stand as we sing happy birthday to you? Can we just sing happy birthday? Amen. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday happy birthday to you, amen, and many more, amen, birthdays in the month of April, Anniversaries? Do we have any anniversaries? Want to overlook? You know, that's a special moment as well. But we praise God for all of our birthdays and anniversaries. Also, we just want to just share with you tonight was supposed to be our um, business in session, but we didn't get those announcements out, so we'll we had to move it anyhow um, until next month, um, May. I mean, um, April, May. Yeah, I'm getting it messed up again. Um, May the thirteenth. Uh, Huh? April, May 13th. Amen. Had to, had to start all the way with January. I, I think I said that a couple weeks ago. Sometimes you got to start. Didn't, yeah, help, help me out. Uh, May 13th, we'll have our business session. So we encourage you to mark that on your calendar as we'll be discussing the business of the church. So please, please, we encourage each and every one of you to be here. Also, we're getting ready for our um, couples retreat. If we can throw that slide up for us, please. Um, we've been promoting this all month long. Um, and so we, for those that are, are going, I believe there is still time. Or those that want to go, we, 
let you know that there is still time that you can register and um, get in on that marriage retreat. Also, we want to encourage you that on to this evening at four, I believe it is, we have our shift. Now, this is um, from our youth department, but again, adults and seniors alike, you know, are welcome to be a part of this special service. It will be online or on YouTube. I think, do we have that slide? Um, we don't have that slide to put up. Amen. Um, but if you see me afterwards, we can get you the information to um, take part in that special service. Also, we want to encourage you to mark your calendars for April, April the 22nd, where we will have our town hall meeting. Um, it will be at Berean Seventh-day Adventist Church. So um, this is when our conference administrations will be here to discuss with us um, just the direction of the conference and things of that nature. So um, please mark your calendar for that April the 22nd. And that will be at 7 p.m. at um, the Berean Seventh-day Adventist Church. And all members are invited to be a part of that. So if you ask the question, well, who can attend? You can attend. Amen. You who are members, baptized members in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, um, we encourage you to be a part of this. So you will know. So you will know firsthand what's going on in your conference. And also ask questions. Sometimes I get questions asked of me and and I have to, you know, say, let me get back with you. Um, but this is a chance for you to have that interaction with the president, administration, and their team to discuss whatever it is that is on your heart. Amen. Um, and so we encourage you to mark your calendars for that day, April the 22nd at Berean Seventh-day Adventist Church at 7 p.m. Again, God is so good. He's so amazing. And we are just so thankful that we were able to come in this space. So we just encourage you just to, you know, be blessed. We want to welcome our online visitors and guests. Thank you again for joining here with us. We understand that you could be somewhere else, but you have chosen to take the time out to come and spend this Sabbath with us. And we recognize that and we want to recognize you and just say welcome. Thank you. God bless you. And we pray that you are truly blessed by the service today. At this time, if you can just bow your heads with me as I offer up a word of prayer. Loving Lord, our Father, our King, Ruler, Master of everything, you are so amazing, so awesome, and we're so thankful that you have chosen us to be a part of this awesome day. Thank you for the Sabbath. Thank you for thinking enough of us to set a day aside for us to reflect on your goodness and your grace. If it had not been for you, Father God, we would work ourselves to an early grave, but you said set it aside, set a moment aside, 24 hours that we were able to just come and just put it all aside and just reflect on your goodness. So we thank you. We bless you. We honor you. So come on in this space, oh God. Do what you do. Shake us up. Move us around. Let us not leave here the same way we came. And we will be ever so mindful to give you all the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Happy Sabbath. We're going to ask everyone that's comfortably able to please stand to your feet. We're going to commend our body this morning to praise the Lord. We're going to commend our hands and our feet to praise the Lord. Come on, get with us.
body, my mind, my soul, and my spirit to praise the Lord. The thing about that song is that it lets us know that sometimes you may not feel like it, so you have to command. It's not always going to be a thing of you're excited. You have to command. You have to command your body. Sometimes in the morning you don't feel like getting up going to work. You have to command your body. Because you know what would happen if you didn't show up. We have to command our body, our mouths, and our hand and our feet to praise the Lord. As we transition to our prayer time, we understand and know that we pray to a God that is able to do all things but fail. That we don't have to stress or worry I'll be concerned about the cares of this world. But we can look to the hills from which cometh our help. Because we understand that our help comes from the Lord. There's no power in the hills, no power in the mountains. The power is in Jesus and Jesus alone. And so we go to him. We lay our petitions before him. You know, we started the year out praying for individuals, and I'm going to have to be honest with you. 
our list is so challenging. I'm going to say it like that. That um, we'll come back next week in a different format or a different lineup so that we can be intentional about praying over every member that attends this church. And so today what we want to do, we want to lift up um, a Sister Alexandra in a very special way. We want to remember the Harris family in a very special way. It's good to see Sister Elaine here this morning. We've been praying for you and still praying for you. And we will continue to pray for you. We also want to remember our church family in prayer. We understand and know that the enemy is busy, family. Trust me. Trust me when I say this. The enemy is throwing everything he can to disrupt the plan of salvation. And the reality is that sometimes we take it personal when it's not even about us. It's like that magician who, who does that trick and show you one hand, but really the trick is in another hand. And we're so busy focusing on this hand when really what he has in store for you is in this hand. And so we need to be intentional, family of God, about the attacks that we find ourselves under. Not make it about us because it's bigger than us. Remember, Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world, not just your sins, not just my sins. So even I, as pastor, have to be mindful of the fact that it's not about me. Get out the way of what God is doing. Quit getting in the midst of what God is trying to do. And if I have to do it, I'm quite sure you as well as believers and children of the most high God that you're not exempt. You're not exempt. I say it all the time. I'm about to have prayer, but I say it all the time because I believe that what God does or what God do and how he moves, that he do it in such a way where he's intentional. And while sometimes we don't understand, that's why I say it, family of God, hold on even if you have to trust him when you can't trace him. Believe when believing is unbearable. Because sometimes it don't make sense. And we get in there and we try to make sense out of God's stuff. So we need prayer this morning that we learn how to let God be God and move out the way. It's okay to say, I don't know. It's okay to say, let's pray about it. And not always try to solve. Just stop for a moment and just say, you know what? Maybe we should just pray about it. Can we just pray about it and not try to fix it? And as pastor, as a leader, that's challenging. 
Because sometimes you feel like you got to fix it. My wife told me a long time ago. She said, honey, I just need someone to listen to. I don't need you to fix it. I just need someone to just vent. Can I just vent for a minute? <laughs> I had to learn that. And it was at that point I started listening and stopped trying to fix. So we want to remember the elders, the Harris family. We want to remember Sister Alexandria, Brother O'Mill. I spoke with him this morning. We want to remember them in prayer. We want to remember all of those that are battling with health challenges, the Bateman family who watches faithfully. And you who are in this physical space, if you so choose and you want to come close to the altar, we invite you to come at this time. For those of you who are viewing online, we just ask if you can reverently gather with either a family member or friend or whoever is in your space and just hold them close as we spend this time in prayer. It's prayer time. We also want to remember the Wellington family. Elder Wellington is back. Amen. Here's my tea. Yes, the Lord our God is omnipotent. Oh, yes. Loving Lord, our Father and our God and Savior and King, ruler, master of everything, we give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you glory. Not because of anything that we are, have done or could ever do, but because of who you are. Father, we've said it before, and, and, and we could say it again, that if you never do anything else for us again, the truth of the matter is you've done enough. So we just want to take a pause for the cause and say thank you for being who you are. Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one that see all things, the one that understands all things. We bless you today, oh God. We thank you, oh God, for thinking of us to set a day aside for us to reflect on your greatness. And not only to reflect on your greatness, but to give us time away from a chaotic and confusing world to just take our minds off the stuff and to be able to look to you the author and the finisher of our faith and so God today we want to just say again thank you we bless you and we honor you father we dare not go any further without asking you for our, for the forgiveness of our sins father cleanse us from all unrighteousness Help us to reflect you in everything we say and everything that we do. Send your power now, oh God. Let it fall on us. Send your power, oh God. Let it fall like fresh dew. Send it now, oh God. And we will know without a shadow of a doubt that we are worshiping the risen Savior. So Father, forgive us, oh God, for our faults. Forgive us for our shortcoming. And help us to be more like you in all that we say and all that we do. Because every time we come to the throne of God, we don't want to just come, Lord, laying our petitions. We want to walk away knowing that you have heard and answered. 
because you've looked beyond our faults and you see our needs. So Father, thank you in advance for what you're about to do as we lift up before you this morning the Harris family. I pray for Elder Harris this morning. Pray, oh God, for healing in his back. I pray right now, oh God, for healing in his wife. I pray you're covering over Dad Harris this morning. I pray, oh God, that you will stop by that home and let them know that, that you still have them in the palm of your hands. Show yourself strong, Jesus. Show yourself mighty, God. We ask that you will be with the Bateman family this morning, oh God. We ask that you will cover Sister Betty and Sister Opal and Brother Lewis. Father God, we are asking in the name of Jesus that you will show yourself in such a way that they will have no doubt in their mind that you have them in their palm of your hands. So Father, show up and show out. Remember Sister Alexandra this morning, oh God. Lord, we ask that you will stop by her bedside this morning and that you will just touch her like you can. Be with Brother O'Mill this morning as he sit by the bedside and think on his wife and process where they are and, and how things are moving. We ask, oh God, that you would give him a double portion of your strength. Cover the family right now, God. Hold him up, oh God. Touch him where he is in the name of Jesus. We speak healing. We speak deliverance. Lord, we ask that you will shut down the attacks of the enemy that has plagued himself over this church. We're asking God that you will set a hedge of protection around us in this space. That you will keep us safe and protected in this space. Oh God, the enemy is busy. But we give him no strength. We give him no power because you see it all. Nothing can come upon us unless you deem it so. So Father, do what you do. And create in all of us a clean heart. And renew the right spirit within us. That wherever we go, God, whatever it is that we do. That your name will be glorified. We pray for our online guests, family, and friends. Those that accidentally or maybe intentionally stop by this channel. That you would do a great work in their lives, oh God. Whatever issues, whatever concern, whatever problem, oh God, that you would see to it. That your will be done. Not my will, but thy will. Not their will, but your will. Not our will, but your will. And we pray right now for the physical space. Those that have chose to come close to the altar. We're asking that you will do a clean sweep of our hard drive. And reinvent, oh God. And even replant. Do it now, oh God, in the name of Jesus. We pray for those that are in their seats this morning. That you would do a great work as well. The aim is, oh God, is to be a people prepared to receive you when you crack the sky. So when you say, come, my people, come. We will rise victoriously. And we will be ever so mindful 
to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. This we pray in Jesus' name. Let the people of God say amen and amen again. God bless you. Stewardship. Amen. You know, uh, Solomon was a man used to honor, right? Because of his immense wisdom, people came from far and near just to listen to him and honor him. Mm. And in spite of his riches, they brought stuff. It is said that the Queen of Sheba traveled 1,500 miles mm. and she brought gold and spices and fine, fine uh, jewels just to honor him. I'm sure he appreciated that. It was very important to him and felt that that must be important to God too when we come to honor him. And in Psalm 3, verses 9 and 10, Solomon wrote, Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. Your barns will burst. Your one vast will brim over. Now he says, honor God with everything you own. Remember, you don't own anything, including your very self. But he says, when you bring to God what is already his, Mm. you honor him. And it will not go unnoticed, right? He says, your barns will fill to the brim. And I know that you probably don't have a barn. And I'm very certain that you don't have a wine that. Mm. But it still promises to bless you in ways that you haven't even thought about. Amen. Right? So bringing your tithe and your offering, Solomon is saying it's an act of honor. Yes. You're honoring God this morning Amen. as the, the deacons take the, the offering. But remember, it says bring your, your first and your best. And I think the best you can give is your heart. So as you place your money into the, the, the basket, Solomon is inviting you to give him your best, and that will be your heart. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the many blessings that you shower on us. We thank you for keeping us and sustaining us. We thank you for everything you do for us, all you give us. And this morning, you're asking us to show our appreciation, to honor you, by returning what is already yours. Help us to search our hearts and even help us to put our hearts into the basket as we we put our money into it. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.
Hallelujah. 
if you believe at this morning. Can you put your hands together? We're in the presence of the Lord. We're in his sanctuary, in his tabernacle. A place where Jesus resides. We're in the midst of greatness. In the midst of royalty. In the midst of our creator. Do you feel him this morning? Can you sense his presence this morning? He's here. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you. He's right there. We can trust him. We can believe him. We can hold on. That's our savior. That's our king. That's our ruler, master of everything. Hallelujah. I'm so honored to be here today in the midst of my week. The devil tried, but he did not succeed. And I thank God that I'm able to stand here with stress-free mind and my made-up mind and a determined mind. And it's over. I said it a long time ago. I took the brakes off. Sister Lynette, I can't stop even if I want to. <laughs> Just rolling. I'm just rolling with Jesus. The only way this train can stop is if he stops it. And I doubt very seriously if Jesus will stop me from giving him praise. If anything, he liable to throw a little bit more my way to make me praise him a little bit more. Come on, somebody. But it's all good because he will put no more on me. No more on you than you can handle. Sometimes it seems like the weight is so heavy. It seems like the weight is so over. It seems like the weight is all on one side. But let me explain something to you. God is no respect of person. He gives you what you can handle. Don't look at what somebody else has. You can't, you, can't, you can't gauge it off of what somebody else is going through. God gives you what you can handle, and I praise God for that. I'm not going to be before you too long, um, but I do want to share what God has laid before me this morning. So if you have your Bibles with you, if you can turn with me to the book of Matthew, the book of Matthew, just want to just read um, this, a couple of passages from the book of Matthew. You're familiar with it already. You know the story, Matthew chapter 21, and we want to start with verse 12 and read all the way down to verse 17. Matthew chapter 21, we'll start with verse 12 and read all the way down to verse 17. And for those of you 
who have allowed your devices to accompany you. We'll read it as such. I'll start, and then you will come in, and we'll go back and forth that way. Uh, Matthew 21, beginning with verse 12, says, Then Jesus went unto the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. Verse 14 says, Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Verse 15. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Verse 16 goes on to say, And said to him, this is what they said, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes. Have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants? You have perfected praise. 17 altogether says, Then he left them and went out of the city of Bethany, and he lodged there. Uh, verse 16, um, and he said to them, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. And so we want to talk on the topic, perfected praise. Right. Let us pray. Father, again, we are so appreciative of the fact that you have chosen us and allowed us to gather in this space. As always, we take nothing for granted, but in all things we give thanks. And so we come now, O oh God, asking and inviting you to take over even now of this portion of the service, not that you have not already been actively involved. But we're saying now, God, we are wanting you to just do what you do. Have your way. We give you permission to shake us up, throw your weight around. Let us not leave here the same way we came, but let us leave here with a newfound love for the things of God, and we will be ever so mindful to give you all the praise, honor, and glory. I must now decrease that the word of God may increase. Into your hands I commit my spirit in Jesus' name we pray, amen, and amen again. You may be seated in the presence of our amazing God. Jesus, this passage of the Bible that we just read here, um, Jesus entering into the temple, um, cleaning out the temple in such a way, I want us to understand before we go forward that this is not the first time that Jesus cleans the temple. When you read the stories in the Bible, from Matthew to John, um, Jesus' first cleansing of the temple um, is described in the book of John. John chapter 2, beginning with verse 11, Jesus enters into 
the temple and he does a cleaning. This is right at the start um, of his ministry. Um, Jesus' first miracle when he turned the water into wine. You may know the story about how Jesus went to a wedding and they ran out of wine and his mother approached him and said, son, uh, they're out of wine. And Jesus' response was, what does that have to do with me? And if I can just put a pause right there, because there have been many a times, as I mentioned earlier, that we enter into situations and, 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 and enter into different conversations that really and truthfully has nothing to do with us. Um, Jesus understood that his time was not at hand, that there was a, 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 a time frame that his father had laid out for him in order for him to move. And again, if I can put a pen right there to help us along the way, because we too as believers are being moved in such a way that is to draw attention to God and not ourselves. Let's keep in mind, family of God, that every struggle, every trial, every tribulation that you encounter in life, the reality is while it may be for you, but it's not about you. Because everything that God does, it is to draw you closer to him. And while he's drawing you close to him, he's also giving you a mandate to bring somebody with you. And the reality is sometimes we go through things and we can't bring nobody with us because we too busy feeling some kind of way because of where we are. We think we should be on this level or we think we should be in this position or we feel as if we should have this, that or the other. And the reality is, is that you are where you are. I am where I am. I have to stop because see, I don't want nobody leaving here mad and upset and feeling some kind of way because I told your business. Business. So let me tell my business um, that I'm where I am because God designed it this way. And I have to understand and recognize that it's not going to always work in my favor. I have to put a pen right there because we name it and claim it all day long. And I ain't mad at you because I want mine too, amen? Especially if somebody else getting their sister bed, why I can't get mine? You got your raise, I can't get my raise. You got your new car, what well, I ain't deserving of a new car. I ain't materialistic, but at the same time, if you can get blessed, why can't I? But the reality is, family of God, it may not just very well be your time right now. So why are you engaging in a situation that has nothing to do with you? And so this miracle or this miracle that Jesus performed right before he goes into the temple uh, to clean it out. And the story goes on that as Jesus cleans his temple out, we understand and know that there were some issues going on. And John makes it very clear that it was after this, if you read the story, that after this, then he went into Capernaum. But let me just jump a little further because we understand that, 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 that the first cleansing was right at the week of the Passover. But the second cleansing is where we want to we pitch our tent today. 
Because, see, this second cleansing that we read here is now at the close of Jesus' ministry. Now Jesus has entered into the city. He came riding in, uh, everybody screaming, Hosanna. You know how it is that first day. Everybody love you. Everybody's excited. Come on, I wish I had some help. I'm trying to do it in a way where I'm not stepping on toes, but yet I'm busting bunions. Oh, I wish I had some help right there. Work with me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, Jesus is now entered into the city and, and everybody is screaming praises. Hosanna. Hosanna to the highest. They laying fig trees and, uh, and palm branches and they, and, they scream, and they just love them some Jesus. They love him. Jesus can't do no wrong. Jesus can't make no mistakes. But here it is. Jesus now gets a little further after he steps into the city, after he just been praised and just been accoladed and everybody screaming. The Bible says now in verse 12, then Jesus went into the temple. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, now he's in the temple. And what did he find in the temple? The Bible tells me, and I want to stay in the Bible because I, 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 want, I, I, want, to be, I want to be right in, 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 in what I lay out before you. The Bible says that he went into the temple of God and he drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple. Now, if I can be clear right here and right now, because sometimes we get, we, 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 you know, when we talk about buying and selling, you know, we don't have any any um, any register set up in our foyer. We don't have any checkout lines in our foyer. Amen. But 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 every now and again, the family of God will show up in the church buying and selling. We buying and selling, trying to win favor, buying and selling, trying to get this, buying and selling, trying to be a, a, a light on this side, buying and selling, trying to get favor with this group and trying to get favor with that group, buying and selling. We got clicks over. We, you know, I, I was preaching one time and I think I talked about how we have gangs in the church. Uh-huh. We have gangs in the church. We, 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 we have your cliques over here, and then you have your attitudes over there. Uh, uh, you, you, you got all kind of folk in it. But the reality is we're buying and we're selling. And what Jesus is saying, simply in a nutshell, you have turned my daddy's house into something other than what he intended for it to be. We just do whatever. We, we move, however. We function, however. We show up. We, we don't even fear God like we should. We say what we want in God's house. We conduct ourselves any kind of way in God's house. We just do what we like, do it how we like, when we like. We got that Burger King mentality. Just want to come in here and have it our way. And if it's not done my way, then it's a problem. I'm just trying to let you understand that this is not God's house. This is not what he intended for it to be. He said, you have turned my daddy's house into something other than what it was intended to be. My daddy's house should be a house of prayer. 
and not P-R-E-Y, but P-R-A-Y. So Jesus had to make some radical moves, some type of moves that the people weren't ready for. Jesus had to bring the people to the reality that this is not about you. You have gotten this house twisted. So praise unto God. God will stop the work of the enemy if we just give him room to do so. You see, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy The main focus of the enemy is to get you to turn your back on God. How does he do that? He comes in in such a way where first and foremost, he gives you praise. He gives you accolade. He sets you up on a pedestal. He makes you feel important. Make you feel light. And then he comes in the other way and snatched the carpet right out from under your feet. Jesus had to make it very clear that this house is a house of prayer. How do I know? Because Jesus then in verse 13 goes on and quotes scripture. He says, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. You see, when God's people began to truly praise him in spirit and in truth, the demons cover their ears and run for cover. You see, when we began to really worship and and praise God the way that he has designed it to be, the enemy cannot stand that. Why do you think he worked so hard to keep you from praying? Why is it that you think um, that he, he worked so hard to keep you from reading the word of God? Why is it that you think the enemy worked so hard to keep marriages broken, to keep relationship at a disarray? Why do you think the enemy works so hard to keep you with your head hanging down versus you walking with your held head high? Because if he can get you in a place where you don't pray no more, don't praise no more, don't worship no more, don't have that excitement to tell somebody else, he got you. And I have to put a pen right there for me. Because every now and again, it gets challenging where you have to now stop and make the call. Do you move forward? Do you stand still? Or should you pack it up and go the other way? And we have many of people that have done the latter. How do I know? Because my vision tells me so. I'll let you figure that out. The reality is, is that God has set this thing up in such a way where he tells us in his word, he says, many are called, but few are chosen. Few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. So we have to learn, family of God, to shout the praises of God even when it hurts, to bless him even when it doesn't make 
sense, even when it seems like everybody's coming against me, we need to get to a point in our Christian experience that even if everybody else turned on you, you know without a shadow of a doubt that God will never turn his back on you. So even if everybody else lie on you, God will never lie on you. Even if everybody talk about you, God will never talk about you. Even if everybody run out and leave you by yourself. You have to get to a point in your Christian experience that even if it's just me and you, Jesus, then me and you it is. Because so many times we get in our feelings and we get some kind of way up because somebody said something or didn't say something. Now, I know this may not be for you. I know you're looking at me and say, well, Pastor, that, you know, we good in here. And if that's you, then that's why this message is for you. You see, when you think you don't, that's when you really do. You heard that old saying before, when you win, you lose, and when you lose, you really win. Yeah, it's that type of thing going on here. Because it's so easy for us to look to the left or to the right and miss the center. And what I'm saying is, quit looking left and right, because sometimes you can be so far left, you can't see right. We have to get centered. Focus on Jesus and say, God, what is it that I need to take away from this? What is it that I need to learn from this? What is it, oh God? Because the message was clearly designed for me, oh God. So why is it you didn't wake me up this morning and start me out on this day as windy as it was? You did not do all of that, Jesus. And allow me to make it here safely for me to hear that man talk and it had nothing to do with me. Surely, Jesus, you didn't allow me to make it through all of those red lights and stop signs and nobody blew through them and knocked me off the road and you allowed me to get here. Surely something is in there for me. And that's what I want us to do, walk away with all of the nutrients of this here message, all of the, uh, 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 of the protein, all of the meat. I need us to walk away because I need us to understand, family of God, that the enemy has turned God's church into something other than what it's supposed to be. And you've turned it into something other than... And God is saying, we need to get it back. And I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. Most of us, and I've been praying about it, I said, Lord, you know, you know as I look out, sometimes I see that we, that we see more physical than spiritual. And sometimes we miss the spiritual because we're so involved in the physical. And that's why we can't see half the stuff that's jumping off around us because we're looking in the natural. 
and the spiritual. The enemy is moving in such a way that he's destroying the people of God, but we don't see it. What we see is the physical. What we see is my brother, my sister, my cousin, my auntie, or my close friend, and what I want you to see is the spiritual. Even if it's your brother, your uncle, your auntie, or your best friend, if they're going to allow the enemy to use them, then you need to be strong enough in your faith to learn how to get your hands off. Get your hands off. Because what you're dealing with is something bigger than you. We have turned the house into something other than what God intended for it to be. And it's high time for us to get out the way and let God be God no matter how difficult it may be. That's why I keep saying it in every last one of my sermons. Trusting when you can't trace him. Believing when believing is unbearable. And hold on even if you have to holler because there will be situations and circumstances that will arise that's going to blow you out your socks. And we have to learn how to, it's, I, I, I don't know, I'm there, I get it. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, I don't think I squirmed as much in ministry as I've been squirming these last few weeks. <laughs> I don't think I have felt some kind of way since ministry began than I have in these last few weeks. Looking for something, searching. I'm trying to, bro, Mike, I'm trying to, I'm, if, if, what, what else is there? But see, when you love him, when you, when you trust in him, when you, be, I, I have to just, so Lord, I, my, you know, my, my, um, my body, my, my, uh, my, uh, my, uh, I can't even get the, get the test. Right? You see how the enemy moves? My spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. And we move in that space too many times where we function with the weakness of the flesh in spite of how, you know, and we well, I'm willing. My spirit, I'm, my spirit is willing. But we give in to the flesh. So it's not just enough to be willing. I command my mouth. I command my hands. I command my mind. I command it. Because it's not always going to be an exciting thing. It's not always going to be a wonderful thing. Sometimes you have to command yourself. Even when it doesn't feel good. Because there is more at stake than what we realize. There is more at stake than what is going, than what we are able to process at this stage of the game. God will only reveal to you that which you are able to handle. So Jesus had to do some cleaning. We had to 
He had to to go in and clean it up. So family of God, we must praise God with our whole heart. That's That's what Jesus is saying here. He said, listen, have you not read? Have you not read that out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise? Even out of the mouth. See, 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 now, of course, we can't go back to the womb and start this thing all over again. <laughs> I know some of us wish we could go back and sit under mama's table and let our feet dangle from the chair and let her deal with all the bills. But, 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 but we know that that will never happen. Uh, but, 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 but those are the thoughts that we have at times that kind of ease the pain and try to, try to make sense. If I, can just, if I can just revisit those moments, if I can just experience the years of my youth when everything was going good. See, we never want to visit the years of our youth when everything was going bad because the reality is it wasn't all good. Nobody wants to revisit the time when you were being talked about. Nobody wants to revisit the times when you were being bullied or being dissed. No, nobody wants to visit those times. But we all want to visit the time where we were playing in the field and the sun was shining and the birds was chirping and it was just a beautiful day like Mr. Rogers, just a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Oh, we love that day. We, we want that day back. Bring, bring me that day. But, 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 but we have to understand. We learn to praise him because Psalms 9, not, not, Psalms 9 verse 1 through 3 simply says, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your miraculous works. That's what I will do, God. Praise you with my whole heart. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your, to your name, O Most High. I, I, when, 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 when my enemies turn back, they shall fall and perish at your presence. Because I'm going to praise your name. I'm going to praise you, Jesus. We talk in perfected praise. Not only that, but we must learn, we must praise the Lord continually. Not just only when things are going bad. But praise him when things are going good. Praise him when things are going okay. The Bible tells us again in Psalms 34, uh, uh, verse 1 through 4, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord, and the humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord. And he heard me and delivered me from all of my enemies. That's why I praise him. I praise him in the midst of it all. Because I want God's house to be recognized as God's house. That when family, friends, and guests come to the house of God, they don't see all the selling and the buying. But what they see is a house of prayer. They walk in and feel it. 
Kind of puts me in the mind of the movie War Room. You remember the movie War Room? Many of us have seen it. When the young preacher walked into the closet and he came out the closet and he went back in the closet, he said, something, something going on in there. Some, somebody was in there. Who, who, who was in that room? That's the prayer room. This is what this ought to be when folk walk in here. They ought to feel the presence of God. Psalms reminds us of that I will bless him. I will praise him. For why are you cast down? Psalm 42 tells us, oh, my soul, why and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. I'm going to praise you. I don't want my countenance to be fallen. I don't want it to be downtrodden. When you see me, I want you to know that I got him on my mind. When you see me at Walmart, I need you to know that that I got him on my mind. I don't want the troubles of this world to get me to a space where I can't praise my Jesus. I don't want the troubles of this land to get me to a space where I can't call him by name. I don't want the afflictions of my body to get me to a point where I can't bend my knees and can't call on him. I call him in the morning even if I'm laying flat in my bed. I call him in the evening. I call him in the noonday. It doesn't matter at a red light or a green light, maybe even a yellow light. I'm going to call on him because there is no other help I know. All other ground is sinking sand. There is no one I can trust but Jesus. No one I can depend on but Jesus. And you get to that point in your Christian experience. Now you, are, now you have entered into a new relationship. Because God is saying now that I can perfect that praise. See, that's the kind of praise I can perfect. The kind of praise that the kind of individual that is determined. The individual that, that have that stick to itness. Uh, that individual that is able to put it in perspective, that individual that is able to move aside and, and let God be God. Uh, 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 that individual right there, God is saying, I can now draw them a little bit closer. I can now work a little bit more. Now it's like going to the dentist, and many of us have been there. Sister Ed, not trying to uh, rehash that experience. I know it was just a recent, about a week or so ago. I ain't trying to, ain't trying to send you backwards. Amen. <laughs> but, 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 but you know how it is is when they go in they you know most of them if not some of them uh, which all of them will say do you feel it you know as they as they as they move in a little closer and they numb do you feel that or, or do you feel that you know they want to make sure because where they got to go is so deep they want to make sure that you good and numb oh if I can just turn this turn turn the corner right there and talk about my Jesus because see Jesus is not going to send you somewhere where you can't handle he's going to ask you how was that right there or do you feel that right? I want to make sure because where I'm about to send you up, I need you to be able to handle it because I'm not going to send you somewhere that I have not equipped you. I'm not going to put something on you that you can't handle. In other words, I'm not going to go drilling in an area that I haven't numbed yet. But if you like me, sometimes, you know, I feel the slightest tug 
You know, I'm going to let them know because I want them to hit me again. Amen. I just want to make sure. You want to make sure. They say, do you feel that? Uh-huh. I don't feel nothing. <laughs> just want to make sure. Do you feel that? Uh-huh. As long as you, if I can hear it, I can feel it. Not only that, perfected praise is not just uh, 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 based upon, you know, um, you know it, it, it's also based upon, should I say, perfected praise is based upon our obedience. We talked about obedience the other week. You see, the disciples did not know what was going on uh, 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 to happen next. But, 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 but here it is. Jesus knew what was going on. The disciples, and, you know, and, and, and it's crazy because Jesus walks in and see the house being used as a marketplace. This is not something that just got set up within the last couple of days. This is something that had been going on for a while. And you would think that at this point, the, the disciples would say, you know, this is not what this is supposed to be. But this was a common thing. So let's me know that you can be in a situation for so long and it seems normal. As dysfunction, as messed up, as out of the ordinary as it is, we've done it for so long. That's why, Elder, I always say you can do something or be doing something all your life and be doing it wrong all your life. So just because I've always done it that way, don't give you the authority to continue to do it all that way. Do it that way because it very well may be you're out of order. It very well may be you're doing it wrong. And now someone has come along to show you the right way. Oh, they done lost their mind. Oh, no, this is not how, how, how we do it. Well, either do it your way or God's way. Those are the options. Don't even do it my way. Do it God's way. Because the reality is, he's the only one that can qualify anything. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. I already know my role. I don't need you to tell me. I, I, know, I, I know I'm messed up. I know I need prayer. I'll be the first to tell you, please, when you hit your knees, don't forget about me. I'm not too proud to beg. Pray for me. Call my name out. I get it. I understand. So here it is. Perfect praise is based upon obedience. And the disciples didn't know what Jesus was up to, had no clue. God is amazing. God is amazing. The disciples had no clue. They had not understood. But here it is. If you go back a little bit, when Jesus told those disciples to go into, the, into, into Bethpage and uh, get those two donkeys to get that, they didn't understand it. It didn't make sense. But they did it. And as a result of their obedience, Jesus was able to ride into the city. Here we go. Once in the temple, he reached out and touched, start, start throwing things, 
started, started turning over things, Jesus just went straight radical. Never seen Jesus in that format before. He's always been pleasant, mild matter. Always been loving, healing everybody, giving them sight, doing all these wonderful things. He's just, just a wonderful guy. Just, oh, he's a beautiful. If I did a survey, I was giving him all fives because he's just amazing. He's just so wonderful. But now, he's out of character. What in the world is Jesus doing? Turning over the tables. That's money, Jesus. Don't you know that's money? He's throwing money, just flipping over tables, just acting erratical, just lost his mind. And they didn't understand that the house that they were in was God's house. And they have made it into something other. Money had been taken in the place of prayer. People were making fortunes off of the religion. Animals were uh, uh, objects to buy and sell. Can you imagine in the church house, pigeons and goats and lambs and bulls and, and, and uh, $5 over here and, and, and $3 over there and, and just this whole mess going on. And it seemed normal. There was nothing abnormal about it. After all, the church is where you come and do your sacrifices. So it just made sense to set up shop in the foyer. That way you don't have to worry about storing the, the lamb at your house. You can, just, you can just come here, just go to Walmart, pick up a bull, and, 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 and call it a day. And that was not God's design. You see, God's design, if I can just, if I can just stay there just for a, a quick second, uh, uh, the, 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 the whole sacrifice. You see, you're supposed, to, you're supposed to get to know that lamb. You're supposed to spend time with that lamb. You're supposed to raise that lamb. You're supposed to feed that lamb. You're supposed to nurture that lamb. That goat. You're, supposed to, you're supposed to spend time so that when it's time for the sacrifice, you will feel it. You will understand what God had to go through by sending his only begotten son. But we have moved that piece out of the puzzle. We have moved it out the way. So now I can just show up any kind of way I want to. And not have to worry about the consequences or the experience. I can come by the lamb, sacrifice it, and go back to my sin. And feel okay because I just paid $25 for a lamb that I just sacrificed. And we're okay with that. But when Jesus comes, he changes everything. Jesus changes everything. And he changes it on purpose. There is no competition when Jesus comes into your life. And into your home. No, no, no. There is no competition. There ought not to be. TV ought not to be a competition. The movie ought not to be a competition. Your special dinner can out, cannot outdo Jesus. That's the reason why many people's lives are in the turmoil that they're in. Because Jesus is void. 
It's in a turmoil. It's disrupted. But here it is. When you let Jesus in, what he does, he cleans it up. I know it may look like he messed it up, but I don't know about you. And I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm about to close. I don't know about you. When I used to clean up, I know when I was a child, my mom used to clean up. Now, she used to put us outside. But, but as I got older, um, um, you know, and we started to having chores and cleaning up, Sometimes it's like the house would get messed up before it got cleaned up. It's like you got buckets here and you got pans there. You got all this stuff going on. And it seemed like it was just a lot of stuff going on. And it looked like everything was just out of, you know, anybody ever really did a deep cleaning? It looked like the house is just in a messed up space. But it's messed up for you to clean it up. And you have to get it that way so you can start organizing and getting stuff and know what to throw out and move this out because it's been in there too long. And my rule of thumb is if I hadn't seen it in 10 years, then it need to go. Some of us, I, I remember, and I'm sorry, honey, but I remember we moved several times and we were just moving stuff. Boxes never been opened. Just move, grab the box, take it with you. What's in the box? I don't know. It's just say bedroom. So we have to learn, family of God, three things, and I'm out. We got to praise him. Just, I mean, three things that praises do for us. When we talk about perfected praise, number one, praise brings strength. Psalms 8-2 tells us that out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and your avenger. Praise brings strength. So don't let the devil steal your praise. Yet when Jesus quoted that verse in Matthew 21, 16 that we just said, out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. Jesus' interpretation of ordained strength came out of perfected praise. See, when you praise God in the midst of it, it gives you strength. It gives you a voice. It gives you what you need to step further into life. It gives you everything you need. Secondly, praise silence the enemy. When you begin to praise God, you simply shut the mouth of the enemy. Because let's just be real about this. The enemy becomes confused when you begin to praise God with all the stuff that you've been going through, all the stuff that's been happening in your life. And you telling me you still able to give God praise after all of that? You telling me that you still know how to say thank you, Jesus, bless the name of the Lord in the midst of all of that? You mess up the enemy's thinking. So we also see that childlike praise silences the enemy. The psalmist wrote it like this, out of the mouths of babes. We must praise him. Out of that place we praise him and the enemy is then silenced. Lastly, we got the praise. Praise activates deliverance. You want to be delivered? Perfected praise. Praise him. Praise him in the morning. Praise him in the noonday. Praise him in the evening. Just go through Walmart praising him. 
sit at the red light and praise them. So what the folk in the other car looking at you? They don't know what you've been through. They don't know what you're going through. They don't know what's happening in your world. Praise him in the midst of it all. Praise him all day long. Because that's where you will get your breakthrough. Second Chronicles 20 documents one of the most powerful references to praise in the Bible. Long story short, you know the story of King Jehoshaphat. The army, three armies had banded together against Judah and the strategy that King Jehoshaphat used was to fight the battle was, was to praise. And as they began to praise the Lord, had sent an ambush against their enemies and the armies fought against and defeated each other. The king didn't even have to do anything. All he did, should I say, the only thing he did was praise God. And the enemy became confused. This is the land of the living. This is the land of the living. I don't know who you are this morning. But you've been struggling with your praise. You've been struggling with your prayer. You've been struggling with your relationship with God. And today is the day for your salvation. Today is the day for you to say, Lord... The struggle may be real, but it ain't over. And as long as the struggle continues, I know I always have you. So although the struggle may be there, although the struggle may be real, God is real. And he said, I'm here for you. If you would but just take my hand. This appeal is for those that, that want Jesus to, to be more real in their lives. You say, Lord, I've, I know you. But somewhere along the way, I kind of lost that connection and I need to be reconnected. If you're that person, I want to invite you to meet me down at the front. We have another appeal for baptism. I know we have individuals that have been requesting baptism. And if you're one that wanted to be baptized, we want to plan for a baptism this month. We believe that God is going to do an amazing thing. So if you're such a person, we want to invite you to come down front as well. Last but not least, if you just want a stronger connection with God, I would just ask if you would stand with me as we close out in prayer. Is there one? God is worthy of our praise. Loving Lord, our Father and God, again, we are so thankful, so blessed, privileged, and honored to be able to come before you. And as always, Father, we are just so elated at the fact that you have chosen us 
that you have given us everything that we need to be the people that you've called us to be. Lord, Father God, you see the commitment, you see the connections, you see what, we, what we're going through. We just ask that you would just draw us even closer. Uh, thank you so much for what has transpired in this place. Seal us, O oh God, before you seal us for your soon return. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Happy Sabbath. to be able to look aside all these other crazy things that's happening in life. Amen. And so we want to lift up what the pastor has just brought us this evening. Amen. And we want to give God that perfect praise. So if you're willing to give him that perfect praise, stand with us as we have the closing, closing of prayer. Father God, Lord, we are so grateful yeah. for the love, the mercy that you have bestowed upon us. Even in the midst of all our mess, Lord, you still take care of us. And so, Lord, we got to give you praise. We ask, Lord, that you would continue to be with us through the rest of this Sabbath, Lord. We ask that you would be with our missing members. Lord, we ask that you would touch those who are online but weren't able to actually get in. Lord, we ask that your spirit would move in a mighty way. Let your praise be lifted up. And if not, Lord, we ask that you would bless those who have no desire, that they would find that desire. And we give you all the honor. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. 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 By way of announcement, I just want to remind us that we're still collecting um, the stuff for the basket for our children, for our um, back-to-school rally out there in the front. Uh, crayon was was to be collected, you can bring it in next week as well as tablets. We still don't have enough of the paper goods. So before you go out, there are some flyers in the back. Tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m., I'm music director at St. Andrew United Methodist Church, and we will be having our Easter cantata. Please come out and join us, the cross of Christ. Thank you.
Rabbi. Rabbi.